Well, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and this and every Saturday at this time, we come to you live and talk about issues of the day and, um, you know, and, and ultimately how, well, how, how we are engaging the moment that we're in and the mission that we're on. And that's what I want to talk with you about today is some of the challenges of walking through our cultural confusion and how we might respond in the midst uh, of it. Um, and, and so, so uh, for us, that, that, means, that means ultimately seeking to live faithfully in the midst of a convulsive cultural time. And, um, and so I want to just talk about that with you this, this morning as, as well. So part of what we're going to talk about today as we walk through our conversation, uh, we're going to talk specifically about some of the cultural um, shifts that are going on. Um, and then we'll kind of go from there. How do we, how do we walk together? Um, in this 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 confusing time, I part of this comes from I was actually with the uh, the Awana team yesterday, and as you know, Awana is a fascinating ministry. I bet a lot of you have Awana connections as well. And what we we were actually talking about, and my my job was to encourage them and kind of walk through, um, kind of kind of walk through the um the, the challenging moment of the day and so the question then becomes how do we how do we how do we do that how do we accomplish the and join Jesus on mission in this difficult time and that's what I want to kind of kind of walk in uh, with you so um so so again one of the one of the first things too, we're gonna, we're also going to take some calls as well and and we're going to uh, uh we're going to going to walk through uh, this this confusing time together. Okay, so that being said, let me tell you a little bit what I said uh, with the Awana team. So, uh, and we're gonna gonna hopefully unpack with you. And I'm guesses a lot of you sort of have uh, Awana experiences as well. Who doesn't have an Awana experience? And so we'll walk through. Well, I guess some people don't, but a lot of people don't. Uh, but a lot of people do. And so so uh, so we'll kind of walk through that together as well. Uh, and so so anyway, and we'll take your calls. So let me tell you a little bit about how you can call in and how you can connect with us. And, and, and again, the phone number here is, as always, you can give us a call. The phone number is 877-548-3675. Again, 877-548-3675. And so we'll jump into your calls as well. And we're going to talk about some of the cultural uh, conversations as well. Okay, so that being said, um, uh, we're going to walk through the uh, kind of what I talked about at the Awana meeting. We actually may even bring on a guest from Awana as well. We'll see if we can pull that off right now. Karen, my producer, we're connecting with uh, one of the folks, one of the leaders over at Awana, and we'll be able to walk through some of the conversation that we're having there uh, as well. Okay, so that being said, so let me tell you a little bit what what I kind of walked through. One of the things I walked through in the Awana meeting is actually I talked about some of the challenges of the cultural moment that we're in. I actually walked through and talked about what I call a series of post-pandemic realities, of post-pandemic realities. And the reality is, is sort of we kind of look at some of the cultural cultural confusion that we're walking through right now, but but then as we walk through the cultural confusion, we, we, the question is, why does it keep happening? So I kind of talked about a few things. I used the letter D's to court, court, kind of explain them. And one of the first things I talked about is we're walking through a, a pandemic of disruption. 
we're actually now again we're we're, we're not talking about you know COVID nineteen. We're talking about what's happened after, and there's kind of a pandemic of disruption. And part of that pandemic of disruption is that we're we're actually just experiencing something like a cultural convulsion, unlike anything we've ever seen in most of our lifetime since the 60s. Since the 60s, we had sort of some of this cultural division, but now we're actually seeing this play out again. It's division in the way people see each other. There's a growing sense of disgust with one another and more. So with that kind of cultural convulsion, we're kind of figuring how do we kind of walk through this. Another thing is uh, there, there's really a disruption of just a, a huge disruption in and around issues of mental health. And so how are we engaging the next generation in and around issues of mental health and more? And so I addressed that and we kind of walk through there's a division in church. I bet right now a lot of you are experiencing some division in your church that people who maybe were formerly united theologically have now sort of dissipated and uh, got mad at each other. So there's division in church. There's, 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 there's a real challenge around ultimately how do we live faithfully as Christians when there's an increasing sense that the world finds us out of touch? So I had a wonderful time with the Awana leadership. And so, and Matt Markins has been a friend for years. And, and Kevin Orris is actually, uh, he's going to join us in just a minute and talk a little bit about this. And then we're going to invite your calls because we're gonna, I want to talk specifically about, we'll talk a little bit about Awana and what Awana's doing, but we're also going to talk about how then do we engage the cultural moment. So Kevin, hey, thanks for, thanks for jumping on with us and having this conversation with us. We had a wonderful time there at Awana. I know you guys are in a board meeting uh, right now and you're stepping out for us and we really do appreciate that so kevin good to good to talk to you yeah Ed, it's a gift to be here and it's a gift to be with you this week thanks so much for joining us and having us on well you were there in nashville but you were so far south of nashville i think we we're actually almost in alabama but we had a we had a wonderful time there and i was super impressed with uh the kind of the gathering i actually shared uh with the i guess the, the leadership team the night before when i made fun of matt markins and a few other things you were there um i yep. one of the things i uh, I just mentioned that just quickly that there are, you know, Awana is one of those unique organizations that has um, uh, trust. You know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people with have a sort of trust. Maybe their local church, they really appreciate their local church. Maybe they, maybe they trust their, maybe they trust their denomination. Maybe they trust the fellowship of churches they're in. But you guys have this weird, like, global trust. I mean, there's always somebody yeah. going to say something, but whatever. But you have this weird global trust. And a lot of times people don't have global trust. Uh, but then, then you have scope. Uh, now scope is a, is a different thing. A lot of people have scope. There are huge children's organizations around the world. That a lot of people would say, well, I'm not going to, I don't, you know, I, I, maybe I don't trust them, but they have the scope, but you have scope. I mean, we, you have tens of thousands of thousands of people, I guess a hundred thousand yeah. people on your mailing list is crazy, but then you have a clear mission and that's, I love the clarity of mission that's actually there uh, in in the Awana team. So again, so we're here, we're talking, you know, Ed Setzer Live's on about 250 outlets from coast to coast, people all over. Actually, our engineer just kind of dropped in the chat, Awana's where I met Jesus. And so I'm guessing that people are going to have some Awana stories, and I want to hear those Awana stories. So I'm going to invite people to call in. Our phone number is 877-548-3675. And bonus points if you say, I went to Awana's. If you add the S, that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But that drives them crazy if you do that. So, so tell me a little bit about what you hope to accomplish there when we gathered together at the Awana Child Discipleship Forum. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks, Ed. Uh, for your kind words on Thursday and again today, we uh, I just stepped out of the board meeting where we were uh, recounting that with our board, uh, the fact that one's in 134 countries working with 
more than 75,000 churches, and uh, the greatest number of all is more than 5.7 million children who are engaging in discipleship to belong, believe, and become like Jesus every week, right? And so yeah. uh, the whole goal of this week is Awana for, as you're inviting people to share Awana stories, so many people grew up in Awana clubs and maybe know it as a ministry in their church as a Wednesday night deal or maybe Sunday night, and it's a local thing in the church basement. Awana is just is become way bigger than that. Uh, by God's grace, we've just scaled significantly. But really the core, the essence of Awana at this point is the mission of child discipleship. And uh, it's not just a program. It's, a, it's, a, it's not just a method. It's a mission. And that mission is child discipleship. How do we help kids to, uh, to know, love, and serve Jesus for all the days of their lives? And so the Child Discipleship Forum this week uh, was a great gathering that we had with yourself and many other uh, wonderful speakers to share about how we do that, both in our American context and in our global context. And uh, we can um, we can chat about that all day long, but then what do we go and do with that? And so we sent out uh, children's pastors and pastors from all over the country and all over the world uh, back on that mission. And if you want to check that out, too, you can go to childdiscipleship.com and you can uh, explore those chats, including Ed's. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was actually. Um, I actually have a tweet set up in Buffer because um, I know it was live stream, but I did walk off the stage, walk backstage, walk up to the live stream, and see myself speaking. So I, I don't know if the live stream was really live or not. No, I think it's about a five minute delay. But uh, but but all that all that it was just funny. I'm like I've never seen myself yeah. live. It's like there's a space time distortion. So I mean, one of the things that I think is is interesting, and you know, Valerie Bell and I used to talk about this, and then and Matt Markins, and then the whole team, Valerie, Valerie of course, predecessor, um, is is I mean, we live in a world where um, where so much is coming at children, the next generation. Um, you know, you begin to, and I, I miss those days when my kids were, were six and, and in Awana, yeah. might I add, but, but then they, they become teenagers and man, there's just a whole set of new pressures that are there. I would just say that doing ministry among children and youth, do we say youth students? I'm not sure what word we use, but, yeah. um, but sure. I would say it just feels very different than it did. You know, I was a youth pastor for two years, a long time ago. And boy, the complexity today. So how is Awana, and how would you suggest, because parents are listening too, you know, how would you suggest yeah. parents and churches and more sort of navigate through some of those things? Well, Matt Markins, our CEO, did a wonderful job unpacking this idea of the stalemate. Uh, we did a large, uh, significant children's ministry research project to Barna a year ago, uh, looking, uh, asking local church leaders, who's the primary discipler of children? And then we asked parents the same questions. And the unfortunate response is that there's a pretty significant gap. Uh, 95% of local church leaders say the parents is the primary discipler of kids. And if you ask parents, it's more of a 50-50 split. And so they're looking to wow. the church for help. The, the church is looking to parents saying, hey, this is, this is on you, but we want to be here to equip you. And so what we're trying to do is, is figure out what is our uh, opportunity to meet that stalemate. And so it's things like the Child Deception Forum, uh, and you can – Access Maps Talk, it's free. It's on childdeception.com right now. You can go there and watch that as well as Ed's. And then, uh, so we're, we're creating resources like these conversations, but then practical pieces too. And so you might have parents who are, um, kids want to talk about gender identity. And so we're working through resources with organizations like Access to speak to that and equip parents and how to have these conversations. But it, ultimately, Awana is an organization that has forever partnered with the local church. And so how do we help local church leaders to have the right conversations and to equip parents with those things as well? So uh, discipleship uh, has been consistent. It's following Jesus has 
uh, been the command for for 2,000 years, as you shared with us, Ed. But what that looks like in your context might be wildly different and continue to evolve over time. And so we continue to find ourselves uh, speaking the same truth, but needing to create resources and conversations to meet the context of of today's culture, which you're uh, surely familiar with. So good, so good. And we're going to continue our conversation. It's an important conversation. We're going to take your calls as well. Our guest is Kevin Orris, and he is the vice president at Awana. And we just finished up the Child Discipleship Forum there. You can actually go to childdiscipleship.com. We'll continue our conversation with Kevin Orris in just a moment. Take your calls as well. Join us, 877-548-3675. Hey, this is Ed Stetzer Live. I'm Ed Stetzer, and we're continuing our conversation around, well, around children's ministry, the next generation, and more. Kevin Orris is our guest. He's the vice president at Awana. We just had a wonderful time at the Child Discipleship Forum. You can go to childdiscipleship.com, and there you'll actually find uh, many of the videos. My video's there. Uh, Matt Markins, the president of Awana's video, is there uh, for free. You can watch those for free. Lots of other resources as well. Again, that's childdiscipleship.com. As always, you can find what we're doing here at edstetzerlive.com as well. Kevin, I I think that um, a lot of parents feel intimidated about how much they need to know uh, in ways that may, you know, maybe before, you know, maybe 50 years ago, what we needed to know was, you know, to, to, to to walk through, you know, how to get through school might be, might be a bully, might be a difficult situation. Uh, But now you, you have, you find yourself sometimes in the school system, not allied with the same beliefs that might be in the home and the church. Uh, You find yourself in culture and media, uh, you know, pulling and pushing people a different direction. And I think it really kind of points to the need for resilient uh, children, resilient child discipleship and more. So, um, so let's, let's take a look at, or you kind of explain a little bit about what it looks like to walk through parenting in these days as well. Yeah, sure. I'm happy to. Well, at Awana, we really believe uh, in this idea of belong, believe, become. And those words are in that order very intentionally. It's actually interesting. If you look at the the LDS church, it's believe, belong, become. Uh, We start with belonging, creating environments for children to belong, to be known, loved, and and seen uh, in order to um, receive the gospel and to to share the gospel with them and belief uh, in in Christ and the scriptures, and then to become like Jesus. What does that look like? And uh, for parents, um, man, there are so many resources out there that give you all these practical tips and uh, information overload in a sense, but in some ways it's really as simple as uh, that idea of belonging, of creating safe spaces to have uh, great conversations. And then Christian Smith and his work and his research has made it abundantly clear that simply just talking to your kids about faith, simply uh, modeling for your kids what it looks like to uh, spend time in the Word, to be in prayer, to be in worship together as a family, it's, it's really that simple. And so we're continuing to uh, try to bridge that gap between the local church and parents to help parents understand uh, there's no set manual or playbook of certain practices you have to do. This isn't uh, necessarily a a rigid schedule of something. It's how do you incorporate this into your everyday life, into the simple moments, the rides in the car to soccer practice or the dinner table conversations or uh, whatever that might be, you know, even bath time or or bedtime, right? And so child discipleship is something that sounds intimidating perhaps, but really it's as simple as passing on a legacy of faith 
and sharing the gospel with your kids and, and living out a life of, of gospel formation. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, we, we actually look back I, I, when we talk about, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. There's a lot of biblical uh a lot of biblical truths to walk through yeah. together, but a lot of it. And again, I, I should always, I always say that I am not the example at this. You know, we're still, we've got teenagers. We it's still, you're still on a journey trying to figure all this out. Um, so, so what would you say to parents and church leaders who are just kind of struggling with engaging the next generation right now? What would you, what would you, how would you encourage them as well? Before, let me, before you answer that too, let me invite people as well. We're, we are taking calls. And again, I'd love to hear your Awana story, but it's 877-548-3675. Again, it's 877-548-3675. So what would you tell them? We're struggling and not sure how to walk through this time. Yeah, well, I think it starts really simple. It starts where you are. Uh, it's it's not necessarily a, a journey of guilt and shame and, oh, my gosh, we have to go build out a, a whole schedule and re- reorchestrate all of our family rhythms tomorrow around how are we going to uh, share this life of being formed by the gospel with our kids. But instead, it's, it's starting where you are. Um, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And, and so how do we uh, take the, identify the small moments in your day. It might, e- it might even be turning off the radio and just having a quick conversation with your kids about how they're really doing uh, or, or um, sharing with them a story about Jesus or, um, you know, praying together or, or, or spending some time in worship together. Uh, I mean, there are, there's a, a litany of resources you can find on things you can do with your kids. Find what fits for your family. Uh, there is no set uh, framework or formula, right? And so, what we do have said is the truth. And so if we can pass that on to our kids, what better gifts can we give them? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that as, as well. Uh, though with one exception, you said to turn off the radio. So don't do that right now. Cause we're having an important conversation. <laughs> After the show's <laughs> over. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, you know, the other shows follow too. you know, leave on Moody radio, it's partners and affiliates as well. Okay. So, so we gathered together at the child discipleship forum again, um, Awana, by the way, you can find Awana at awana.org child discipleship forum. It was at childdiscipleship.com. You know, it was interesting. The themes there, you know, you had a wonderful group of speakers, um, you know, deeply formed life. You talked about being raised in a different way, how the Holy Spirit's at work um, and more. It just seems that um, that just kind of assuming these things are going to come together uh, without our intentional effort is is not the case. I'm, I'm struck by the fact I'm struck by the fact of how many people I've talked to who have raised children who are you know, walking with the Lord. I'm not saying, actually, you can do everything right and have kids that, that aren't walking with the Lord. But I'm struck by the fact that people who have raised children who are walking with the Lord, who are in good relationship with them, that intentionality is a word they keep using. They, they intentionally yeah. do certain things. You already mentioned some of them. But relationally intentional and spiritually intentional and, and, you know, church engagement, intentional about church engagement and more. So what advice do you give about some things that people could, uh, you've already given us a little bit, but give us a little more about what intentionality looks like, considering that, you know, some people, we got people listening or stay-at-home moms. We've got people in two, two-parent and one-parent yeah. families. we got people who are, you know, dads in the military and, you know, or, or moms in the military for that matter. So what would you say is the best way to build that intentionality where you are in ways you can? Sure. Well, I think the first thing to say is it's, it's never too young to start and it's never too late to start either, right? Um, no matter the ages, my, my sons are two and, and three weeks. And so uh, my wife, Sam, does a, a beautiful job of um, just having conversations with the kids about, about the gospel and about 
Jesus, and it's, it's built into family rhythms, right? And so how do we look at our calendars, look at the, the demands of our schedule, um, which, by the way, might be, might be too overwhelming, uh, might even be sin nature in a way that we've just built ourselves to be so busy that we don't have time for that. And so how do we take a, a look at our, our, our calendars and our rhythms and identify what are a couple of intentional practices that we can start to incorporate? Um, maybe we set a goal as a family. What does it look like to sit down together and read through the Bible in a year? Now, a Bible in a year, is a, that's, a, that's a big goal for a family. Maybe it's two years. Maybe it's three years. Uh, you got 18 years from birth until kids are leaving the house. So how do, we, how do we think about that? And then what do we look at the long term? Who do we want our kids to become? And so how do we build practices to foster that, that um, idea of becoming Christ-like with our kids? And so I think those are some ways to do that as far as intentional practices. You know, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about worship. We've talked about being in the Word. We've talked about, uh, you know, Ed, obviously you shared with us about evangelism. And, and how do we um, share our faith is a big practice as well. And so uh, I think there's a lot of things we can do as a family, but there's no set one thing you need to do. It's what works for your family within your rhythms. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So in the, in the research you mentioned, you did this Barna Research partnership with Awana. Um, you, you took it. One of the things I thought was interesting is um, children's ministry often feels forgotten by many people. It, we, you actually asked the question to children's ministry. This is to children's ministry leaders. Uh, children's ministry is often forgotten in the church. And, and 13% agree strongly. Uh, 41% agree somewhat. 31% disagree somewhat. And 13% disagree strongly. More people on the agree side than the disagree side. I've often said that there's there's no more important ministry than children's ministry in the life of the church. Now that doesn't, you know, yeah. when you say no more important, there are other things that are that are at that level of importance. But there's I don't think there's things that that we would say that man, this is just something that we kind of casually uh think value. Yet yet in some churches, uh it's not a value that is expressed in kind of their scheduling or their budgeting or things of that sort. How do you, I mean, again, one of the answers could be, and, and I would affirm this answer, is they could have an Awana program. but yeah. uh, Or they could go to Awanas, Awanas, try to work that S in there as often <laughs> as you can to the horror of the Awana leadership. But my kids, for some reason, I, there was this church we were living in Tennessee, and they said, we're all going to Awanas, and it just stuck. But anyway, so, um, so what would you suggest is ways that churches can prioritize ministry to children? Well, I, I think it starts, uh, if you're a lead pastor, it starts with, uh, being in prayer about that, looking to the scriptures. I mean, Jesus is very clear about the the commandment to let the children come to him. And that let is not just a soft, passive let, right? And so uh, it, it starts with the conviction, and then it goes to a plan. It, it could be a program. It could be an ethos. It could be parent training. Uh, it could be uh, looking at your staffing structure to figure out, do we have uh, the adequate resourcing from a, a, um, a staffing standpoint? to help facilitate child subship in our church. I mean, Ed, you've been to uh, countless churches, uh, way more than I have, and I, I would be willing to guess that you've never been to a church that has a real vitality in the children's wing that isn't thriving as a whole church community, too. When you That's bring right. the children yeah. in, uh, the adults come with, right? And we've seen that countless time and time again in Awana, not just in the U.S., but around the world. Uh, children uh, are, are, are the future of the faith, and so how do we raise them up well in the way they should go? And so uh, I think if you're a children's pastor, it, it comes to bringing the right conversations to your lead pastor uh, and, and having the convictional conversation around, are we doing enough to uh, more than just entertain our kids, but to disciple our kids and pass on a legacy of faith? 
Yeah, that's so good. You know, and you know, there's cliches the church is one generation from extinction and all that sort of stuff. But the the reality is, is if we don't engage and retain the next generation, I mean, the the consequences are 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 huge, and the challenges are there as well. Well, let's let's take a call. Uh, our first call is going to be from Robert in Boca Raton, Florida. Let me remind you too that we're taking your calls, and we're, maybe you got an Awana story or question about children's engaging children, the next generation, students, youth. Eight seven seven five four eight three six seven five. Robert, we got about one minute for you to jump into that question. Go ahead. Hey there, guys. Uh, my question was. You know, sometimes I find my kids, you know, kids in general, they're just moody. Sometimes they're in great mood. Sometimes they're in a terrible mood. I'm just wondering, when do you think is the best time to approach them with the message of the gospel? Is it when they're in those low moments or should we wait for those high moments? And if they are in those low moments, how do we make sure that they're receptive to the message? Gosh, Robert, that's a great question. Okay, uh, let's let's jump right in. And, and what what do you think? Yeah. Well, Ed, I would love to hear from your perspective, but the, the gospel speaks to our brokenness and to our hopelessness. And so I think as you're asking the question around uh, both the downs and the ups, uh, in the downs, those moments of despair are in some ways the moments when we most need the gospel. And so, but Ed, I would love to hear from you, too. Yeah, and I think it's a question that for many of us, it's just a question of at every moment we can. I think it's interesting that, you know, that a lot of the biblical text talks about when you're walking along the way, when you're walking through life. I think ultimately, and again, I'm not the expert here, but I think ultimately it's a journey that goes step by step and you look for those opportunities. One of the reasons I don't think there's any such thing as quality time, I think it's just at that moment. And Robert, a great question. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. Again, we can still take in your calls. Our phone number is 877-548-3675. We'll be back in just a moment with your calls. Hey, we're back. Ed Stetzer Live. My name is Ed Stetzer. I'm the, uh, the dean at the Tablet School of Theology at Loyola University. By the way, we had a caller call in earlier. Uh, his, his name is John, and he wanted to know, why am I repeating myself? Um, and the reason is, is that at the very beginning of the show, we had another guest planned. If you go online, you could see that other guest plan, but we had technology issues. So I texted the Awana leadership while talking, actually. So that's sort of fun at the same time. So that's answer your question, John. I was actually talking while texting three different people and inviting a new guest to be on the show. And so, uh, so my apologies to the, to the rest of the folks, uh, but thanks for sticking with us and being patient. Uh, but Kevin Orris, actually, I texted the president of Awana, who I just was with yesterday. We were together there in Nashville along with lots of folks at the Child Discipleship Forum. And in case you're wondering, our guest literally jumped onto a text thread with me. Our amazing producer, Karen Hendren, connected with him. And the end result was we have a new guest, three, four, five, I guess it was seven minutes into the show after me rambling a bit at the beginning. So thanks for your patience, everybody. Kevin Orris, you are you have jumped on a program. I just wanted to reveal all that. We're gonna have we're gonna reschedule the guest we couldn't. He's had a technology, his computer blew up, I guess. Uh, but we're gonna reschedule that guest. And you have jumped in and not even given a hint that you jumped in in the middle of this. You are like a pro at doing these things, and I'm so thankful uh, for that. So let me let me. We uh, sometimes we get questions from people who are asking. Uh, they don't want to be on the air, but they got a question. So Marion from California wants to know about 
about where um, worship time, and again, this is this is an opinion issue. We're asking your opinion. You do work at Awana, and we think of the expertise at Awana is very, very important and significant. But um, but how do you see the role of worship time, like children's church? When should children be in church, not in church? What what do you think, knowing that you know the churches do it different ways? But give us some thoughts of the benefits and uh, of different approaches to do that. Well, certainly there's multiple ways to approach that, right, Ed? There's uh, there's some churches who do uh, more of a total family setting where you've got everyone together uh, every week, and there's a beautiful thing in that. And in some ways, we have the churches where, uh, you know, many churches in the U.S. where children will go off to a separate wing of the church, and they're being discipled by loving, caring adults, and there's something beautiful in that. Uh, and in some ways, it gives parents a break, and in some ways, it gives kids uh, other adults in their lives. You know, we've seen from, from Kara Powell's research about, a sticky faith and the idea of five loving, caring adults in the life of a child and how impactful that is. And so uh, I, I wouldn't prescribe any specific model, rather the idea of how do you surround kids in the church with the body of Christ itself and with loving, caring adults who can come alongside children and help them to know that uh, they are known and loved and to hear the gospel and to receive that and have a life that's formed in Christ-likeness. And so uh, there's a beauty in all sorts of different models in the way that churches approach it. But, Ed, I'd love to see or to hear some of the things that you think have been most effective in your experience. Yeah, I would say that the the research sort of shows that um, that there's not like like there's very strong people have very strong opinions that you should, for example, have a family integrated church that there should be all ages in there together, and that and that that actually has a pretty good impact on people um we've seen now the uh but the research shows that if you have a robust engagement in ministry with children even age-graded ministry with children which is something that maybe people in a family or graded church are enthusiastic about that actually that has a pretty big impact so here's what we what we find in common and it comes back to what we talked about in an earlier segment intentionality really matters. And you mentioned Kara Powell's research that they've been doing at the Fuller Youth Institute, that having five adults, having engaged in the life of, of a young person, and that's for me, right? So, so I, um, I had a really um, transformative experience with the gospel when I was uh, youth group age, uh, didn't grow up in church, heard the gospel, and I can actually name the names of people, like people like Steve Morgan, people like Mark Barth, um, yeah. who I haven't talked to in, in decades. But it was there, you know, because my, my my parents weren't uh, necessarily, you know, super involved. You know, we had some, a lot of my family weren't Christians. So it was their impact on my life that even to the point where this guy who discipled me when I was a teenager, um, I mentioned his name was Steve. Uh, he actually became a, and you know, he was, he was old to me then. He was in his, shockingly, in his early 40s, um, which I miss being in my early 40s. But anyway, um, so he actually... If you went to my wedding pictures, not that you have them anywhere, but if you'd see, you'd kind of walk across the wedding pictures and, and you'd see everyone my age, you know, my, my groom, my brother, a couple of groomsmen, and then this 42-year-old man in my wedding. But you'd have to recognize he actually drove Donna and me on one of our first dates. He discipled me, spoke into my life. So I think the impact of multiple people is a far bigger influence than you know, the children's church versus not children's church conversation, which which I get, and I, I'm actually not bothered that people have that debate. I think it's an important uh, debate, but that that's probably how I would answer. Let me also, too, go to uh, Michelle in Ohio is had a question, and she asked me to pass this on. She wants to know, what are some tools to share the gospel with her grandkids? Um, what would you 
what would you suggest? And we get a lot of those questions from from grandkids, uh, from grandparents. What, what do you think? Tools to share the gospel with their grandkids. Sure. Well, uh, the the number one tool is a loving, caring adult, like we talked about, or maybe another loving, caring child, uh, one-to-one, right? Yeah. Uh, we actually yeah. built a whole suite of resources around this very question because uh, it's certainly one of the most important, if not the most important question we can ask. Uh, and we know about the 414 window of the openness of a child. More than 80% of uh, Christians in the world have come to faith between the ages of 4 and 14. And, and so uh, at childdiscipleship.com, which is a resource by Iwana, uh, we've created a whole suite of materials about how to share the gospel with kids. That gives you all sorts of different ideas uh, and practical things, and whether it's specific words to say or moments or how to set up conversations and all sorts of things like that, because uh, it does depend a little bit on your context, perhaps, and your relationship with your grandchildren, what are their parents' um, level of engagement in their faith look like and whatnot. And so uh, I would I would first point to childdiscipleship.com as a place to do that. But, uh, Ed, as you had a number of these conversations over the years, too. I'd love to hear from you on that. Yeah, you know what? I'm interviewing you, man. I know you just came on the program, but now every question you're sending back to me. And so I'm bringing you on as the Iwana, <laughs> as the Iwana expert. But I would say, too, I you know, for when it comes to sharing the gospel, really um, – any way is better than no way. I mean, almost any way is better yeah. than no way than not Amen. doing it. Um, and, and I would say, too, we're not, we're not living in a world where we lack resources. And so what, uh, when it comes to these kinds of things. So I would actually just Google, and I think it's okay to go. Well, you also mentioned, too, I would go to the Awana website. There's all kinds of good resources there. And, and you can continue, and, you know, at multiple levels. So go to awana.org and lots of stuff there. But I would say to, uh, to Michelle, you know, take the time to... To, uh, and if you're comfortable getting on, if you're computer savvy, um, uh, do some Google, inter- go to go to wanna.org and find what you're comfortable with. And a lot of it too, it's like grandkids. Well, how old of the grandkids? And she, yeah. she just wanted to pass on the question because, you know, I would say telling Bible stories to a three-year-old is great. And you might have to wrestle a little differently through some questions with a 15-year-old also. So age appropriateness is good and helpful and, and really probably the big question that in, in this. So let me just remind people again, our phone number, and I haven't had any Iwana stories. We need some Iwana stories. I am not going to end this show, this spontaneous spur of the moment, amazing conversation without an Iwana story. So I need someone to get on the phone, 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. Because I do wonder, Kevin, how many people are in Awana on a given, in the Awanas on a, in a given week? What are you interacting with in the, give, I mean, I, I know, I'm, again, you didn't have any time to prepare for the show. I literally texted yeah, you yeah. during your board meeting and you stepped out. So, um, so, and by the way, our producer just put in there, my sons both were in Awana. My nephew just started Awana two weeks ago for the first time. There's a lot of uh, Awanas out there. Again, our number for your Awana story is 877-548-3675. Okay, so, so give us some the breadth of this ministry. I talked about its scope. Tell us about it. Yeah, please. Yeah, I would love to share. Uh, so in the U.S., there are, are, are thousands of churches who are engaging Awana in weekly discipleship programs. Uh, globally, that number is tens of thousands of churches. Uh, so in the U.S., hundreds of thousands of kids, globally millions of children, uh, over 5.7 million children who are every week entering into an environment, uh, regardless of the context, that all has this same idea of belong, believe, become, uh, you know, this fun element of games. Uh, this idea of a uh, large group teaching and sharing, a, a, whether it's a story or a lesson from the Bible, or uh, obviously the gospel is where we start. And then, and then more of a small group time for kids to be able to 
share and to grow and to ask questions and create safe environments and to really build relationships with those loving, caring adults. And so uh, the scope of Awana has continued uh, to grow over the 73 years that uh, our ministry has been running, uh, starting in Chicago. And uh, you mentioned our friend in Boca Raton earlier. Um, actually, one of our board members is is uh, on staff at Boca Raton Community Church, which is a beautiful oh, wow. Awana church and uh, one of the one of the best in the country. And so uh, we are grateful for all the local churches we get to partner with who are committed to sharing the gospel and discipling kids. Millions of people, millions of children right now. We've got one more segment, but I want to hear some Awana stories. I'm not ending the program without some Awana stories. Five, uh, the, phone, the phone number is 877-548-3675. Again, 877-548-3675. Super thankful that the Awana team, Kevin Orris, jumped on with us at the last minute here at Ed Stetzer Live. We're going to continue our conversation with him and your calls right in just a moment. All right, we're going to have a little fun. I did ask for some Awana stories, and the Awana stories are coming in, Kevin. I mean, if you got that many millions of people engaged in this as well. But here's the deal. Callers, I'm going to go to you. I'm going to go to Ann first. I'm going to go to Amy after that. But we need to keep the stories relatively brief so we can get in several. Ann in Florida, you're live on the air. Tell us your Awana story. My Awana story is this. My grandson, Mount Mariah Church in Tucker, Georgia. He had to come and stay with us some summers, and it was the best life-saving thing ever. How Love they it. participated, how they had the families to join it, especially around Christmas time. It was amazing. Mm. And he is 10 years old, and he know the word. I love it, Ann. Amen. Thank you so much for your call. What a great story. My kids have a similar story as well. Amy in Cleveland, you're live on the air. What do you got? Well, even now with my Bible verses, when I recite them with my child or in church or whatever, I'm still saying the King James Version that I learned in Awana when I was just a little <laughs> kid, and my church uses ESV now, and I'm saying the different words. Oh, yeah, no, totally. Once you memorize a Bible passage, I was actually, I'm, I was teaching Wednesday night at my church, Mariner's Church, and, you know, we use the CSB, and I memorized all my verses in the NIV, <laughs> so I love it. It sticks with you. Bible memorization does make one. Grace, WMBI in Chicago. I think Grace may have the best story of all. Grace, tell us. <laughs> well, uh, I am 81 years old, but I was a child in the very first Awana Club in the late 1940s, wow. early 50s in Chicago. And um, I worked in one until I was 75. Uh, love working with children, have uh, multiple stories over the decades. But um, one thing that uh, I've noticed in our Awana clubs um, throughout the area in recent uh, years, um, and, and this is true, I think, all through the years, we need uh, not only to teach age-appropriate lessons, but um, we also need to teach age-appropriate songs to the children. Yeah. Songs that have meaning and scripture and will last a mm. lifetime. Young minds absorb the meanings, mm. and they will, the they music do. will stay with them for a lifetime. Now, I go Love back. It learning uh, songs like Climb, Climb Up, Sunshine Mountain, but I have no idea whatever Sunshine Mountain 
uh, <laughs> where it was or what it was. Um, yeah, I don't but, know anything. Uh, I've never heard Climb Up Sunshine Mountain. So were you at were you at Northside Gospel Center in Chicago? Is that where you were? Yes. Yes. That is That's correct. amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. What now this is why we love live Grace, thank you so much for your call. I love live spontaneous radio. Right now you got to meet somebody. I mean you're the vice president of Awana and you got to meet Grace, who's actually was there in the original Awana club this is so great I, I i love that i got i got another another one luana in lakeland florida luana you're live on the air go right ahead yes i'm 90 years old and 90 I years in old Iwana. yes started <laughs> in awana in fourth grade because a christian friend in my school invited me and i went through the whole program learned all the verses went to camp awana and dedicated my life for Whatever the Lord had for me at Camp Awana in in uh, Wisconsin, and uh, I just praise the Lord for the impact on Awana through my whole life, and had grandkids in Awana, and just thank the Lord for their ministry. Oh, this is so great, Luana! Thank you so much for your call. So I love, I love my, my producer just dropped in the chat. The Holy Spirit had a better idea for today's show. Super fun. I mean, you hear these, you got to hear these stories all the time. I mean, you know, millions of people engaged and involved. And, and I also, when I hear kind of these stories from people, I'm like, why are more people and how would you encourage? Because by the way, I guess it's Kevin Orris. He's the vice president of Awana. And we just came back from the Child Discipleship Forum. You can go to childdiscipleship.com. So, Kevin, I mean, how would you encourage people who maybe are listening? Most people aren't serving in children's ministry. Why would they consider serving in children's ministry? Maybe their church has Awana. Maybe it doesn't. But they probably have some children. Yeah. Why engage the next generation? Well, we know how deeply Jesus values children. And if Jesus values something, certainly that should shape our values too, right? And so uh, what better uh, gift can we give our children than to serve them and to, uh, to share the gospel with them and to form them in likeness? Uh, I think about the beauty uh, of the hands and the feet of those who, who've called in and shared their stories. I, I think of, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. I think, uh, I think Jesus certainly smiles down, not on just the, the millions of kids you reference in Awana now, but those who've come through Awana and then go and serve in Awana uh, as adults. What a beautiful testimony to the work that God has done in through our ministry, which I've only played a small part in, but I'm grateful to be a part of. And so, um, you know, if you're looking to, uh, you've heard about Awana a bit and you want to get your child involved in the experience, uh, awana.org, we've got this beautiful tool called the Awana Club Finder. And if you go to awana.org, it's at the very top of the site. You type in your zip code and it'll give you a whole bevy of churches in your area, in your neighborhood that are running Awana clubs, and so they can be discipled and form those relationships with loving, caring adults as well. Love that. Love that. Okay, we're going to try to squeeze in one more call, but we've got to do it relatively quickly. Deb in Ohio, you're live on the air with your question or your comment. Go right ahead. Hi, I'm a, I'm a Awana Leaders for Cubbies and have been for several years at Grace in Brunswick, Ohio, and we um, have three, four, and a smattering of five-year-olds in our group. And last year we were, had a lesson, one of our leaders was talking about where children should go to tell other children and people about Jesus. And one of our three-year-olds in my group said that they would go to Walmart, that they thought that was a good place to spread the good word uh, about Jesus, because obviously that's where they would go often. So. Oh, I love it, Deb. Deb, I think probably, and Deb, thanks so much for your call, probably the thing I saw most impactful in my kids' 
when they were in Awana was they did desire to tell other people and to engage other people. And just, you know, echoing what Deb said, it's a beautiful thing uh, to see kids want to tell other kids about Jesus. And, and in my perception of Awana, I mean, evangelism has been very central to the whole enterprise. Um, and even we, when we, you know, this, this, I mean, I talked a little bit about it in my talk and people can go to childdiscipleship.org to see that as, or is it child discipleship? It's childdiscipleship.com. My apologies. Um, but Oh, either one. Great. Okay, good. So, so, so why, why is it, we've got about a little over a minute or so left. Why is evangelism so important to the work that Awana does? Well, it's incredibly important. And it it is, it it sets a church on fire. Uh, We hear countless stories uh, from churches who might not have any children in their children's ministry right now. You know, you have a small local church and they say, man, we want to get kids in here. We want to get some life and vitality in our church and we want to be on mission for kids. And so they say, we're going to start an Awana club. And you hang a banner out front, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, the first week, you have five or six kids and families who, who said, man, I want to do that. But it, there's a multiplying effect to that. And it is, it is a consistent testimony that God brings more and more children through the evangelism of kids themselves to their friends to invite them into Awana. And so uh, we have incentives for kids and encouragement to bring their friends in. And, and before you know it, all of a sudden, the church is alive and vital and, and flourishing with families. Uh, because of, of the, the grace of God and the conviction to, uh, to reach kids and then to disciple them and to show them the ways of Jesus. Love it. Love it. Well, let me just say, Kev, Kevin, super thankful that, I mean, again, just to remind you, maybe we joined late, uh, we actually had another guest plan for the show. His computer blew up. I'm probably not blew up, but kind of totally thing went bad. And so we were, we were debating at the beginning of the show, do we, do we go live? And so I texted Matt Markins, the, uh, the, who leads Awana globally, and he's at a board meeting. So he said, why didn't you get Matt Markins? He's at a board meeting. He said, but sitting right next to me is Kevin Orris. He connected us via text. We did this all live at the beginning of the show while I was talking, which, again, apologies for the rambling at the beginning of the show. Hopefully you listened to the end to hear why, because what a beautiful show this turned out to be. Kevin, we're so thankful for the ministry of Awana and the good work that you're doing. If you don't mind, take 15 seconds and tell people what's the heart of Awana. The heart of Awana is that all children and youth throughout the world become to know, love, and serve the Lord Jesus Christ and engage Him through the Scriptures. And so um, we're just grateful for the opportunity to share that wherever we can, Ed. So we thank you for having us on. Hey, thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Again, thank you for those who tolerated my first seven minutes of a little bit of texting while talking. And uh, we're going to have next week, we're going to have Eddie Buhn, who's going to talk about the church's role in ending human trafficking. To hear today's program again, as always, you can go to edstetzerlive.com. By now, I'm guessing Karen, our producer, has or will soon update the links to Awana as well. Remember, childdiscipleship.com, awana.org as well. And you can find out all at edstetzerlive.com. You can also go to the Moody Radio app. You can download this program and subscribe to this program as a podcast. It's normally not this spontaneous, but the Lord also works through spontaneous conversations. As always, follow us on Twitter at Ed Stetzer Live. We kind of tweet what's coming up next. And Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio. And Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening to Ed Stetzer Live. We'll talk to you next Saturday.